Let's get love tonight. Get up, get up, get up, get up. We gonna do it right. What up, everybody? Happy Saturday morning. Welcome to the side zone. I'm your host, Dennis Holmes. I'm here with my co-host, Chocolate Girl. Uh, uh, okay, wait a minute. You've been lazy with this Chocolate Girl lately. And my feelings are hurt. I understand. No, I don't want you to understand. I want you to say it the way you're supposed to say it, like you mean it. <laughs> like you mean it. <laughs> yeah, so let's yeah. try that again. Go ahead, introduce yourself. We want a little bit late. We ain't got time for that. I'm in the show with you. I'm in the show with you. All right. We want that. We got a special guest today. You always want to be extra with special guests. No, I don't be don't. like this just me. But but when it's just me and you, why you don't do that? I'm in the chocolate. That's who I am. I am the chocolate girl. That's who oh. I am. And it's the favorite, my favorite day of the week. It's Saturday morning. We on the side, John. We got the one and only in the building. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so excited. So excited yeah. that he's here. Y'all may have known me refer to him as the plug. You hear a lot of other people calling him Maurice. But the name is Donovan Maurice Samuels in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Hi, how y'all doing today? It's, it's a mean. pleasure. Haven't been on podcast in a minute, so I'm, I'm ready to get I'm ready to get the ball rolling. You know, I got uh, been been through been through some stuff, but uh, you know, I'm just glad to be here uh, and uh, just be able to uh, be on a podcast for a couple hours with with some really close friends of mine that uh, that that, that, I, that I truly appreciate. So uh, I'm definitely thankful to be here. Oh, That's we good. appreciate you too, man. We do. Yes, definitely appreciate you. Well, you know what I mean. It's nothing but love here. We're gonna be talking a lot of things. You know what I mean. We uh, you know, you hit me up today, uh, the other day, talking about those NBA trades. So we're gonna definitely have to talk about that. We're gonna have to hit sports because that's originally how we all connected. You know, a lot of people don't know exactly, you know, why I call you the plug. But I want to start back from the originally how we met. You understand? Yeah. But I want you to tell your story. Cause I always tell my story. People okay. heard. I want you to tell your story on how we met. Uh, wow. So uh, uh -oh. it, it's crazy. So everything kind of all happened like it, I would say what was it like twenty? I would say was like twenty eighteen. So in twenty eighteen, um, I actually 
actually met Sharon first. So sorry, Dennis. So Sharon, that's 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 that that that's the one right there. So um so Josh Bailey. Vallejo. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, basically, it may have been even earlier than 20. I would say like 2017. 2017. Yeah, it was 2017 and 16 is when we met. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so it was around that time. And um, actually, uh, a friend of mine, uh, his name um, is Justin. He actually, uh, he went to uh, Morris with me and he and he's a Sigma. He he told me about this um, um, this podcast, not podcast, but group, Two Minute Warning. So I started going to Two Minute Warning. And they were just debating back and forth. And I was like, okay, this is right on my alley. You know what I mean? So <laughs> uh, so we, I basically was on there uh, going back and forth. Then, then I didn't really know Trisha. She kept, like, making these posts. And I was like, dang, like, everybody's against her all the time. And I was like, so, you know, I tried to, I started to defend her a little bit. And then I didn't really know that she, it was her group until, like, maybe, like, months later. But, you know, it was a lot of stuff going on. Everybody was a lot. Everybody was younger, obviously, but uh, a lot of back and forth. So uh, her and Sharon, they had they had a show. Um, and I still wish the show was on today. Um, out of uh, your league, out of your league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of your league. And uh, and it, it was great. Like the way Trisha had it set up, uh, she had a she had a call in line. You know, she could mute people, block people. <laughs> I mean, before all this stuff came out, like like StreamYard and Zoom and everything, like like that was that was it. Like that was like Trisha's always been, and shout out to Trisha Joy because she's always been well advanced with like technology with all this media stuff. So yeah, we love um, Trisha Joy. We love Trisha Joy. Yeah, so um, I went ahead and, uh, and and met Sharon there. Then all of a sudden, I, I went on um, at night. I was working nights at the time, and then I mm-hmm. met uh, and then I met I met. Andre, 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 the Torch Robinson, and uh, he was uh, on a network Rise Up, and just like everyone else thought when I when I saw Rise Up, I thought it was like some Falcons type stuff, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> like you know, I got a little Atlanta ties, so I'll listen in, but then uh, I started, I I would go on there, and then I would see, uh, I saw Ron on there, and then I saw Dennis, and then like it, everything just kind of intertwined. So uh, then all of a sudden, I I was like. I was listening to a lot of this stuff, uh, two minute warning, but then I was working night. So I was, I was also um, in a lot of rise up stuff. So when I saw you guys go on you guys were debating and things of that nature. So I just kind of, uh, I, I gravitated more towards that, but I was still doing the two minute warning stuff. And then, I mean, that's, that's how I met, uh, I met, I met Dennis and, and, and everybody. And, uh, and then when I met Dennis, me and him just kind of, kind of hit it off and he was doing a lot of shows and, and it was something I wanted to do at the time. Uh, I don't think I was ever really good at it, but it was just, I, I love talking about sports. So it was something for me to to, to do. And uh, and so I started going on his platform and I was still on Trisha Joy's. And, and all of a sudden, like, um, you know, I had told him uh, about Sharon and Trisha. So he kind of, I kind of linked them up together. And, and you know, long story short, I, I don't want to go into too many intricate details, but long story short, like, now they have they have that they have this show and uh and everybody just kind of met and then I also met met Josh. I brought Josh and, and Dennis together as well. And so now they do the uh you know do the stay tuned. So it's a lot a lot of different a lot of different people I met and I just kind of intertwined everybody together. Um and, and I'm and I'm just so happy that everybody's like working together, everybody's shows are are kicking off. Uh and you know, I'm I'm just thankful that 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 God kind of put me in their lives to, to, to kind of put everybody together. So I'm real thankful yeah. for that. And I appreciate the, 
the content you guys have on. Because you the plug, right. man. You the plug. You are the plug, player. I you the plug. I call you the glue. I say <laughs> you the glue that you know connects everybody together, but he calls you the plug. Yeah. <laughs> I call him the plug because uh, I, I met Josh through Andre. Andre mm -hmm. and Josh, and well, Andre brought Josh into the Zoom one night, and that's how I met Josh. But I didn't get to know Josh until Donovan, you know, actually got, got me to get to know Josh. Yeah. You know how uh, yeah, if you don't know Josh Bailey, Josh Bailey is like a deacon, like an old school deacon. He ain't saying too much. He ain't doing too much. He ain't smiling. You look at his pictures, he don't fucking smile. He, yeah. he uh, it's just kind of just a straight face, you know, just all the time. He a police officer all day. Yeah. But once you get to know him, you actually do know, no, he do smile. He funny as hell. He be trolling. Can't wait to talk shit. Like, oh, okay, then all right, all right, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before that, no, I didn't. I didn't know. No, nah, and, and and to be quite honest, uh, uh, and not to cut you off, but to be quite honest, um, all like it was all about me just just wanting to 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 see what I I didn't know anything about media, but I I knew people that knew certain things and. Everybody just kind of all met, and now everybody collabs, and everybody gives each other ideas. Uh, and and I, I, it's, just, it's it's a blessing to see that um, because a lot of people out here, a lot of there was a lot of there was a certain times where people were against other people's podcasts, and you know a, a lot of us don't get you know don't get paid like substantial money for, it, or if we do, it's very minimal. I mean, it's about out out here um, helping each other out. Um, you know, talking about sports and, and it's a release for a lot of us, you know, so to be having all the extra drama and everything is just, is ridiculous to me, but I, I'm just, I'm just so glad to see everybody working together and, um, and um, I will add this. Uh, I think uh, during the pandemic, I think it, it strengthened all the podcasts and, and uh, Dennis will be the first one to tell you, like, um, like there was times where, um, you know, Dennis, he would like, leave the zoom open for me and Ethan, like we would be coming home late and just so that we, he would, we would have somebody to talk to, you know, like on the way home and stuff like that. Like, I mean, Dennis, uh, always, man, man, I, I appreciate you for that, man. Cause those, those during the times where I was like getting off late and I was like, dang, I was tired sometimes. And, and you always would have the zoom open. You may not be there all the time, but you'd always have that, 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 that zoom open so that everybody could communicate. And then mm -hmm. during the, uh, and during the pandemic, I mean, there was nothing to do. So we were on the Zoom. We were throwing Zoom parties all the time. And I think that's how everyone got closer. Uh, and, you know, I mean, everything kind of happens for a reason. But um, I definitely think that during the pandemic and the heights of it, uh, it, it brought everybody even closer together. I agree. And when I, I, first, met, when I first met Dennis, after that, when, when you would tell me to come into the Zoom, you, Dennis, you, uh, Donovan. And I would say, come into the Zoom. What are we talking about? Nothing. Just come in and talk. I said, okay. And I was like, what? So then I came in. Dennis was playing music loud. Because I don't know. You got to come in and experience Dennis's loud music. But it's so funny. And um, everybody was in there. Then people were taking turns playing music. Playing, nah, what about this song right here? Nah, what about this song? Shout out to Divine. Cause he was in there and um, I was like, okay, so now I see what this is about. It took me a few times coming in to really understand it, but you know, I think it was, it was rather life-saving for us all because mm -hmm. that beginning of the, of the uh, pandemic was madness. It was madness yeah. for us all. And we all seem to be very social people. 
Right. People who get out amongst people, we're not the hermits. And so when we would come into the Zoom, it was like an internal party. It really was a party from right. across the miles. And I had to explain it to my sister. She didn't get it at first. But I will never forget the first night we had a toast in the Zoom. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Because at the time I was sick, so I couldn't drink. I was on some medicine. I couldn't drink. But y'all were gone. And I was cracking up. It was so much fun. But anyway, that was a good time. Yeah, that definitely was a good time. I ain't gonna lie. We we used to because uh, you know that we didn't know what the world was gonna be during yeah. that time. You know, during that pandemic, yeah. that pandemic was scary. And, and you know, I ain't even gonna lie to you. The first two the, when they said it was two weeks, and then after the two weeks, it was like only the essential people was going to work. And I was like, damn, I'm not essential. I ain't this <laughs> like that's how I was at first. Then you know it started to become a joke. No, nah, only you ain't essential. Central people go to work around here, all right? <laughs> you know what I mean? The next thing you know, them checks came in. And it was like, oh, fuck being essential. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck being essential. I ain't essential at all. Send them checks. Send them. <laughs> but yeah. And, and, and every night we was in the Zoom, and I would be in there, and I'll be playing music, and, you know. Just straight you're cutting up. up, drinking. At the same time, I'm still, you know, uh, creating content. Cutting promos, looking for new things on the show. I'm doing all this at the same time. That's why, you know, uh, it'd be like a, a lot of people be like, what the fuck do you go to sleep? Like, I, I go to sleep, but it's just that I got some things I got to do before I get there. I got I got to make sure all this is done. But Dennis, you would literally stay up till 5 o'clock in the morning and then go to sleep and then wake up by 1130 is 12 o'clock. I'm like, yeah, how in the go, world are you doing this? Then go back to sleep, man. Yeah, but but it but to add to that, like Dennis would always like if he knew he had to like go to he was gonna go to sleep, he would like create stuff like days in advance so that so he could just play it on those days. <laughs> right. What was that daily thing you did, Dennis? What was that? What was that called? When you say it again? You did something daily. You you would do a post daily, like in the beginning. What was yeah, that I still do it. Oh yeah, you, uh, the question of, question of the day. Yeah. yeah, the question the question of the day. So he would like. Like, if he knew he had something to do, he would always uh, prepare. That's one thing I can say about Dennis, man. Always prepared, always trying to think ahead. So, uh, definitely, that's that, that's definitely a trait you should keep, man, moving forward, man. But, but yeah, definitely always organized, man. Uh, yeah, most, uh, yeah, I try to be. I try to be as uh, organized as I can. I don't know. But, yeah, those, those are good times. And, you know, we was going through things and, and Donovan, man, listen, you don't know Donovan. But Donovan, when Donovan got your back, he got your back 100%. And he'll get mad at you. He'll get mad at you because you ain't as passionate as he is about how much he got your back. That's all right. I mean, man, well, listen, I was I was going through some things. So I ain't going to mention the names or like that. And Donovan was like, no, fuck that. Fuck them. Fuck all of them. <laughs> like, Donovan, it ain't that serious. Like, ain't really nothing involved. It is that serious. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck all of them. Like, that's how he was. Like, fuck you. I ain't got to deal with you. Fuck all that. Like, you got to yeah, distance yourself. You know. Pretty much. Pretty he, much. He was, pretty I ain't going to lie. He was right, though. He was 100% right. Pretty much. Donovan, Donovan is a, he's a gem. He's a gem. Yeah, that's definitely special. been a gem to us. Very, um, very special to me, to my heart. And I'm really, 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 really protective of Donovan. Don't be, don't be. 
Don't nobody got to have say, had say nothing about Donovan bad around me or you, Dennis, because they know they get straight cussed the hell out. Yeah. Just the way it is. That's how I roll. I'm very loyal. <laughs> yeah, I have to have to agree. Very, very loyal. And that's when I uh, met and, and I started to meet, you know, two and W. And I was realizing, yeah, y'all got like this big loyalty thing, and y'all stick yeah. to whatever whatever argument y'all staying on. No matter yeah. what goes on, y'all stick yeah. to it. Yeah. I said, okay, I get it now. I got it. I understand. We two minute warning, me, Trisha, and Sharon Team Westbrook all day. Remember that. Yeah. Uh, I ain't got nothing to do. So we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that soon. Team Kobe, Team Lakers, Team Steelers. That's me. Oh, I'm about to say Trisha Team Kobe. No, Trisha's is Team Westbrook, Team OKC, and Team Sharon. Though she she got my back a lot. Donovan's too. That's definitely good to know. Now, uh, through the times that we all got to know each other, you know, you went through uh some hardships sometimes and uh I, I want to talk about you know how how did it how did you get started on your your, your situation and what made you stop oh okay yeah uh so this is this is one of the main reasons why i, I definitely wanted to come on today because uh i feel like i feel like i could help somebody uh so um for some of you know, I, I made a post about about a uh, last uh, last uh, October first, uh, and I actually celebrated my uh, my first year uh, of sobriety on October first last year. But now it's like sixteen months and uh, in, in ten days. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the whole uh, so sobriety thing it, it started it started early, like. Um, you know, a lot of times, like when you go through, um, everyone talks about people being like drinking heavily and stuff like that. Uh, but a lot of times it's like, it's not really the drinking. It's like, why, why are you doing that? You know, like, what is the cause of it? So, um, you know, I think, um, you know, early on, early on in my childhood, like, you know, not the, not the most ideal situation. Uh, but my father, my father was on drugs, you know, in the middle of the eighties, he was, uh, he was like picking up stuff from the ports in San Pedro and he was pretty much, you know, in 1985, 86, um, you know, my mom, um, my mom, we, we lived in a three bedroom, two bathroom house. Things were great, but as time went along and as the height of cocaine, it kind of, it kind of came up. Uh, basically um, he just got deep into it to the point to where um, it destroyed our family, you know? Um, and we went from a three bedroom, two bathroom house to me, my mom and my sister living with my uncle, you know, in one room, you know, and this was early. Um, and so um, I never really thought that like that was an issue, but, you know, as a kid growing up, uh, you know, my mom was a single parent. She worked, she worked her, she worked her tail off. Um, and, you know, there was always times where I was at my baseball games or whatever. She would do everything to put me in sports. Like, that's why I'm always about sports, because she never wanted me inside the house with my sisters and everything. Um, it was like 
you got to go outside and play, play sports, take out the trash, water the grass. Like that's why I don't cook. I don't know how to do any of that. Any of the indoor stuff. Like I can, I can use the air fryer, but you know, for the most, <laughs> part, for the most part, like I ain't cooking, I, I, you know? So, uh, but yeah, so, you know, just uh, growing up, you know, not having a, a father in a home, I think that kind of, kind of started it all off. Uh, and a lot of times people are like, dang, well, a lot of people grow up without a father in the home, but you know, it affects people differently. And, and I think that's one thing that I've learned. Um, but just going along there, like, it was always like, I was always in this situation where it was like, dang, like you're just not good enough. Like I was on the, I was on a varsity basketball team, like, dang, but I, I just couldn't crack that starting rotation. I was coming off the bench. It was always like never quite good enough. I always felt like I was never good enough and I was really quiet. So it was one of those things to where like, I internalized everything about my feelings, about, about how I felt about situations, uh. You know, I grew up in the church, so it was one of those things to where, like, I was constantly, like, like living, living, trying to like be the perfect Christian and and trying to please my mom and everything. And you know, it got to a point to where, you know, like I was so sheltered, like I didn't do anything in, in high school. Like I never went to the high school parties, maybe once or twice, but you know, then um, you know, it was a blessing, man. Like I, I felt like I. I, I beat the odds, right? I, I felt like I beat the odds. I felt like, like, dang, I got, I got to go to Morehouse. I didn't think my mom had the money for that, but she worked two jobs uh, while, while I, while I went there. Wow. And wow. you know, she told me you go there for four <laughs> years and that's all I'm paying for. So you got to make do it and you got to finish your four years. So, uh, you know, I didn't get the greatest grades there, but even there, like I felt out of place. So um, when I started, when I moved out of, when my, my father split, like I went to school, in Santa Monica, that was a blessing. You know, the schooling's a lot better out there than LA Unified. So I, when I went to Morehouse, I'm like, dang, I'm going to an HBCU. Like, dang, I don't even know if I'm black enough. I've been around like, like, like Caucasian kids, and it's like it's just a different environment in Santa Monica. It's real liberal. Uh, I don't know if anybody's been there, a real liberal place. Uh, but you know, like I had never really been around a lot of African Americans, like in, in that type of setting, and then all the tradition at Morehouse. Like I felt like, like I didn't just I didn't deserve to be there, and it just it just kind of things kind of escalated. But a lot of it, um, a lot of the stuff was it was just more of for me, just not having confidence in myself, just with anything. And you would think from the surface, like, oh, okay, you, you know, you, you went to school, went to Morehouse, graduated. Uh, but a lot of those kids, like they they were coming from parents that were doctors like really like successful businessman. Like my mom, like I had to really like, I almost got kicked out because, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't pay, you know? So, so, I mean, it was a struggle. It was always a struggle for me, but I was always like, I never really had like any like type of, any type of male figure. And, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I just tried to fit in all the time. And, uh, so when I got to Morehouse, like, you know, I had to do the whole fraternity thing. So I, I you know, um, you know, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a Sigma and, uh, and with that, you know, you know, you being in college, uh, you know, you start to drink and party and stuff like that. And, you know, you hang out and, you know, you hang out, you, you get the girls and you get to you do it, you do it, you do what you do, right. You do the whole college thing. Um, and, um, and then it, it just it just escalated. Like I came back home, then I started going out. And my first job out of out of Morehouse, like I didn't really have a job lined up. So it was like, 
I'm working at BMG. I'm working at, it was like, I was doing accounts receivable, but I was around like BMG. Like I was around the record labels and I was in Hollywood. So my first job out of college, I'm in Hollywood and, you know, we're drinking at lunch. We're going, you know, and that, that type of industry, like people are coming to work messed up all the time, you know? So it wasn't like one of those things to where like you're in a corporate job typing and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it started to escalate from there. Then I started to, um, I started to, started to drink and, 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 and smoke weed and everything. And then, um, you know, as time, as time progressed, uh, you know, I, I liked it, man. And then it got to the point where I, I would work so much. Um, I would be um, smoking a lot of weed, but that would get me tired. So then it got to the point where I was drinking and I was falling asleep in clubs. And then I was like, wait a minute, bro. Like I, like I would wake up, phone being stolen, wallet taken. And I was like, I got to figure out a way, a way to stay up. Uh-huh. So... This is where it went from bad to worse. So, um, you know, I had went to a party and, um, you know, typical stuff, right? You see people going in and out the bathroom. Um, and um, I started, um, I was like, dude, like these people having a good old time, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, just chilling. And and then, you know, um, a, a friend of mine at the time, I don't know if it was a friend, but, um, you know, they, they introduced me to... Uh, to, to cocaine like powder and stuff and 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 i had to um and after i did that um it was it was it was, i wouldn't say lights out but it, it took me down a really uh long tailspin for for 15 years uh back and forth back and forth and the, the whole the trickery behind the whole thing was the fact that like i maintained a job everyone was like like damn like how did you have a job i'm like i i, I was i was working for my addiction, you know, I was working, like I could go to work and, and, you know, at the time I was, I was working and I was working nights and I was controlling the schedule of my job. So I was able to manipulate my hours to win, you know, to all that stuff. And it just got completely out of, out of control. And, um, uh, it just got to the point where it started messing with my finances. Like, yeah, it was a good thing. I was working a lot, but I wasn't saving nothing. And I had to keep, uh, I was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, um, um, you know, on on September uh, the 30th, it was my mom's birthday. Um, I tried to, um, I wanted to call her so bad, but I was so messed up. And this was September mm-hmm. September 30th of uh, two, 2021. And, you know, she, um, you could tell, like, you know how you could, you know, like we were just talking about this, Sharon, your mom knows you know, she knew yes. I was struggling with it, but like mm-hmm. the fact that I couldn't even call her. Uh, On her birthday, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I texted her, but it was like something mm-hmm. in me, like the next day, um, I just went to work and I just cried for like three days straight. And it was just like, I got to do something. So uh, I don't know if that's what, like God spoke to me and just told me, like, you got the resources go to rehab. And, you know, for the longest I had been thinking about it because like I was one of those addicts that like, like I felt like, okay, if I stopped for two weeks, then everything would be cool. But every time I went back, I would go back like a lot harder and money would go faster. There's readings that talk about this. Like you go back, you take a couple weeks off, the, the lines get fatter, the money goes faster. You know, like, I mean, 
And that's exactly what it is. Some of the readings that I read in, in these meetings, exactly what happened to me. Um, and, you know, it, it just it just got to the point to where, like, I had to make a change. And, you know, um, and, you know, personally, like, I, I talked to Dennis about it. Like, I mean, he kind of knew I was struggling, but, like, it was nobody, it, it wasn't for nobody to tell me. I had to, I had to really want it for myself. That's right. right. And, um, you know, it, it was, um, it was tough because I had to admit to my job that I'm currently at right now that I had a problem and I had to go away. Uh, but it was it, honestly the best thing that could ever happen to me. Uh, uh, you know, since I had insurance, I was able to go to a really good rehab. And most people think rehabs are like, like, eh, like whatever, you know, but like when I went in there, like I just, I just prayed. I just got, I just asked God to like, just remove remove some of those cravings from me and just have me like really stay focused in there so when i was in rehab i learned a lot of like just concepts on what to do what not to do but because rehab ain't going to keep you sober i mean it'll keep you sober for 30 days or 45 days but like the reality of it is is the action comes when you get out and um so what happened i went there for 30 days when after those 30 days uh well i actually stayed for 45 days i was supposed to say 30 but I told myself I'm going to max the most time out of it. So I was able to convince my insurance to stay an extra 15 days. And it was a pretty penny. Thank God it did not come out of my pocket, but, uh, but it was well worth it. Uh, so when I came back out, um, I started, I went to meetings. The funny part is, is I was going to meetings in 2017, but I had fell off and it was because I think it was because of my, like the sponsor I had wasn't the greatest, but but yeah, I fell off, but I knew where to go. So like God kind of showed me like wh what to do, you know, right when I got out, so I knew exactly what to do. And I started going to meetings um, at this place. And the crazy part about the place I go to meetings at is I went to elementary school there in, in the eighties. And wow. during that time when I went to that elementary school, that was the same time when my father was using cocaine. And so everything came in full circle. So the place I go to meetings at is I went to school there at in the in the mid 80s and i remember my father uh going home and and i remember like seeing all all this stuff going on and it just it's just crazy how everything just tied together but uh now it's, it's it's about the meetings it's about uh doing unity service and recovery man like that's what i do uh and that's 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 the triangle of a, a sobriety uh unity you go to a whole lot of meetings uh the service in those in those um, in those meetings, you, you be a person of service, whether you hold commitments at those meetings and then your recovery, you uh, get, go through the alcohol anonymous book and you go through the 12 steps of the recovery. Um, and and for that, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm grateful. I uh, I mean, it, it honestly like I'm not going to cry, but it, it just brings a lot of joy to my heart because it was something I never thought I could I could really get past. And. I'm not saying I'm past it, but you know, this is this is something for a lifetime for me. Uh, everyone's like, "Oh, when are you gonna start back?" I'm like, "Nah, like, like this this is me. Like sobriety is me. It's a part of my life." And and you know, and I, I if I know I know if I don't do those three things in those triangles, unity, service, recovery, that I will fall off. And um, because I, I I had a stint of it in 2017, and it and and I and I started focusing on the wrong things i was halfway in halfway out but like i said i was glad god showed me that that it does work if i if i put my my full effort in if i completely surrender to to it and and trust in him and 
and that's what um that's what I've been doing these past uh like 16 months and 10 days and it's been truly a blessing um, well definitely happy for you um I'm glad that you know you got through with it because I know it was times we were talking you'll be you'll be about three maybe four weeks in and not doing nothing and you know going straight home and you know not messing with no drugs and the next thing you know you'll hit me up a week later like man listen man I I had to go yeah I had to go get some I had a bad turn you know what I mean yeah and, and and not to cut you off but like I would go on binges so it would be like I would stop maybe. And I would think, oh, hey, got it under control. Then I would go on like two, two day binges, and like I wasn't answering no phone. I may text you every now and then, but everybody kind of knew what the mo was. And you don't really think that when you're going through it, because you think that you got everybody fooled. But everybody notices, especially people that are close to you, when you don't answer or you don't answer text messages, that they know that something's up. And um, and then like you know like. Like not like not to say my appearance was always messed up, but it was just like I didn't really care a lot of the times. It was like like I'd be at work thinking about like dang, like I can't wait to get off so I could so I could get get something. And and that happened during the pandemic too. So the same times we were on the Zooms, like I was doing that because bars weren't open. So a lot of times with me, I would go to bars and then I would go pick up something and then I would go. I wouldn't say it's a trap house, but it was like. It was a place where I could watch the games and stuff, and then I end up just staying over there, and and it just it the people that you put yourself around like I was hanging around with like Bloods and Crips. I'm like I'm not about that life, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not about that life, but uh, but but you know when you, when you when you're doing those type of things, like I mean, unfortunately, it brings a camaraderie because there was people that I went, people were picking up from businessmen to all these type of people that were doing it, but they didn't have an addiction. They were just partying a weekend, doing stuff on a weekend. And there'd be times people would go over to the place I was at and they'd be like, dang, you didn't, you didn't even, you didn't go home. Like I was over there for, and I was like, it just put me in a really bad place. And I, I never, ever want to go back to it. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it brought, I went from 25 to 40 real quick. Those years went by so fast. And there was nothing, there was nothing, there was nothing accomplished. Like I had a job and thank God I had a job. I mean, I mean, I had my savings, my 401k and all this stuff. Uh, but you know, for the most part, like, like it was like, I, like I, I made so much money, but it was kind of a, it was a blessing and a curse. Like the fact that I was able to work so much overtime, I knew if I blew hundreds of dollars, I would just be able to gain it right back. And uh, it was a vicious cycle, man. And um, I'm just so thankful, man. And um, I, you know, I definitely just really want to give a shout out to like uh, to my sponsor, man. Like when you're going through this and you're going through recovery, really like the sponsor is so key, like who takes you through the work. And because you have to reveal certain things to them and you have to establish that level of trust um, because they, they really want to help you. I mean, and um Hello? Oh. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. BJ, yeah. BJ, um, BJ said big hug to you. Uh yeah. Yeah. So so the key with me is like my sponsor is is amazing. And I, I I'm honestly I would keep him anonymous, but I mean it, it's just a it, it's a friendship and, and he will tell me and guide me. And sponsor all sponsors do is they just suggest things. Like the all the book is to be suggested. Like like they don't tell you to follow the rules, but it would be 
in your best interest that if you if you read the book and you went through the 12 steps that more than likely that you will recover or or you'll find out what you suffer from that caused you to drink or use got it got it we're very excited that you are free helping people now Mm -hmm. Um, are you a sponsor to somebody now no i'm not i'm not but what i do uh what i do now is i'm i I run a meeting so the meeting where i met my sponsor at uh there's an opportunity so in these meetings like they have like they have positions so you have like your secretary the secretary of the meeting they basically run the meeting so you basically have to pick pick speakers make sure all your uh other trusted servants like which is the which is the uh treasurer and the gsr like those, those positions are are the three the three like uh positions that you have to have at every meeting a gsr is a general service representative and they 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 announce uh, events and information about the, about the fellowship like everything that's going on their their responsibilities to make sure that everybody's informed on upcoming events or any changes to bylaws or anything you know so so uh that is uh that is something um that those are the three main main um main commitments at every meeting you, you have to have your secretary who runs the meeting your treasurer who controls the money and um and then basically your uh your gsr that gives out information to the uh to the fellowship but uh but yeah uh i'm a secretary so i, I run a meeting now so i gotta call i gotta i gotta make sure i got the uh speakers everything so i'm like it, it's just a blessing everything is just it just works out but you know, like I, I just stay, I stay into the book. Uh, I meet with my sponsor every Tuesday, and we go through the twelve steps. Like everybody's like, "Oh, well, you're you're only on step three. Like so, basically, um, you know, I'm not gonna quote all the twelve steps, but but um, that is not only applicable to the people that are going through recovery. That's just those, those are life for anybody going through any walks of life. Like if you read the twelve steps of recovery, like I mean, it, it it's a self cleansing. And um, and it's and it really it's about you reaching to to a higher power like it like that whole the whole process is a spiritual one not a religious one so but most people you know they go to God but there's some people while I went to rehab there were some people that were like atheists and they worship other stuff it ain't it ain't my it ain't my thing I know right. I, I go to God but I mean they they make it applicable to people that 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 aren't aren't really uh believers in god and uh but i mean if you go through the 12 steps it's just anybody anybody would um would benefit from it if, if you read them and you go through it yeah bj said my bad take it back dennis ain't that guy donovan <laughs> is that guy now. <laughs> i wanted i wanted to uh talk a little bit about when you were going through it before you went into rehab mm-hmm. only reason why i hate to interrupt but the only reason why i'm mentioning this is because i remember i had no idea that you were an addict had no idea none yeah. none i knew that you used to drink and have yeah. fun you know but so did everybody else that was in the zoom so i didn't think not this <laughs> I didn't think anything of it. So, I mean, everybody was, you know, most people were coming in there and having a drink and, you know, being tipsy. But I never thought that you were like drunk, just tipsy until you would yeah. fall asleep. 
And then sometimes you would fall asleep. We like, and we would, you know, it was a running joke. Donovan had had too much. You know, fell nah, well, I, I mean, and I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Like some of those times, like I, I fell asleep, I went off and I was doing other stuff, you know? And, right. And, but I know, didn't, I had, my point is I had no clue. I just thought yeah. you were just, just the nicest guy. You were funny. We always had, but then when we, when you would be on the shows, you always had a point of view. You were able to articulate it intelligently. So I had, I mean, wasn't no stammering and stammering and stumbling over your work. None of that. It was, you know, those of us who are not in that life, we look for signs that we know, yeah. but we don't know all the signs because we that's not our life. So, and I, I didn't grow up around anyone like that. Like you were talking about your dad. I didn't have that. So I didn't have that experience. And so one day I know it had been like days and I hadn't seen, heard, I sent you a message, I think you didn't respond. And then one day I was just sitting there and I said, I'm going to ask Dennis. And I asked Dennis and I was like, Dennis, where's, where's Donovan at? He was like, well, he's going through <laughs> some things. That's all he said. He didn't say anything else. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And me being a woman and a mother and that intuition thing kicked in. Mm. I said, well, whatever it is, I don't need to know whatever it is. I'm just going into praying and fasting for that brother. And I did. And I was serious about it and intentional. And the next thing I know, that's when you sent me the message. And when you sent me the message, I just started crying. I was just bawling, bawling because I didn't know. And I felt bad. I felt like, you know, we, we are arrogant people. We got an ego and we mm. always feel like we could have helped in some way. And I don't know if that is arrogance or ego or if it's just mm. having a heart for the person. So I yeah. struggle with that. Yeah. Sometimes I have to pull back and say, well, girl, who are you? You ain't the miracle worker. You're not God. But you still feel like if I had known, could I have said or done more or something like that? You know, you go through all this self-talk yeah. about you, Sharon. And so I just had to, you know, put, put that aside and say, it's not about you, girl. And so I wrote you something back and I told you I was praying. I remember that. I told you I love you and I'm your sister. I'm here. If you ever need to talk to me and I meant it and I told you I mean this now. I don't just say this stuff to everybody. Right. But I remember that and I felt I first of all, I felt um, happy that you had recognized those things and you made the decision to go. Yeah, that was the that gave me the most joy. The second thing was I felt that you were in good hands. The third thing was I said, well, God, you in control and yeah. I'm going to have to I'm just going to have to, you know, give this over to you. And then after you kind of started coming back into the fold. And I started seeing the real Donovan. Yeah. I like you even more than I did before. So it's like, I'm just like, this is a, this is a fantastic story to me. Being a writer, I'm the, mm. I'm the type of person. The first thing I want to do is write your story. It's like, okay, I need you to just tell me your story. I need to write. Your yeah. Story because yeah, story, there's, other, there's other deeper layers of it that I can't. The, the yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> it. I know it. But there's, there's, there's things about this Donovan. You're right. You can actually touch other people with your story and help other people. 
And so as a writer, you immediately think that type of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I just respect and admire and, and I'm just so happy and proud of you. I'm happy for you and proud of you. Think the world of you. And I'm, I'm just so glad it is working. But I'm going to let Dennis go back with his questions. I just wanted to get that in since you were talking about, you know, how you ended up telling Dennis and at the beginning how nobody knew. We didn't know. We had no idea. We knew you were having fun. We knew yeah. that. But we didn't know that about the addiction part. And you were never mean. You never did all those stereotypical things. Like you nah, never I were mean, just I, nasty, lashing out at people. Yeah. and You wasn't doing any of that. Yeah, I was always, honestly, like, if I mean, not to say that nobody, y'all wanted to get high, but if y'all wanted to get high, like, I'm the person to be with because I'm always sharing. And to, to my to my own detriment, you know, and and it's crazy you say that because like a lot of it, I would get upset because like I'd always be sharing stuff, and then and then it would never come, be, it never came back reciprocated to me. And I think uh, that that's another layer of, of a lot of things too. Is that I was always really nice to people, but mm -hmm. when it never was reciprocated, it always like put me into a tailspin. Like damn, like like dang, I did all this, and then I didn't even, you know what I mean? But you know, yeah. I kind of realized that not everybody's the same. And, you know, when, right. you, when you have a clear head, like you're able to rationalize and think about things like mm -hmm. like and everything is so much more simpler to understand. Like one thing I know is that everybody ain't going to like me. One thing mm -hmm. I know is that, you know, people people aren't wired the same way. So you have to yeah. accept that, you mm -hmm. know, so. Mm -hmm. All right, Dennis. Yeah. No, uh. Well, one of the things that I do, how I found out, this is how I found out, right? And when I first started podcasting, I was like real reckless, very reckless with my mouth. All right. So you said something crazy on the show. Immediately, I called you a crackhead. That's just immediately what I said. You're a crackhead. You said a crackhead? Yeah, get this crackhead out of here. Like almost like uh, Judge, you know, Judge Joe Brown. I know a crackhead when I see it on, on that note. Like that's, not, that's immediately what I said. You know what I mean? And um, I, I would see a whole lot of other stuff, too. And, you know, I'm thinking it's engaging. It got the people going. You know what I mean? And, and one day, me I think it was New Year's Eve, me and Donovan sat on the phone. We talked for about hours. And then Donovan told me, he was like, I don't think you should say the crackhead word no more. I think you're good with all the rest of the stuff, but don't say the crackhead word no more. And I'm sitting there lost. I'm like, hold up. Let me put the straight What do you mean don't say the crackhead word no more? Like, what? <laughs> he was like, man, you never know what people are going through. You seen crackhead, you know what I mean, can really trigger somebody. I said, Well, good point. Ain't no crackheads on the show. How would it trigger somebody? Like, I'm I'm deep in with him. Then he was like, Well, to be honest with you, I, you know, mess with drugs. And I was like, Oh. He was like, see, but you never knew. No, I was like, no, I didn't know. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. You never know what people are going through. You gotta watch what you say. So I've been sticking to my, you know, my new phrase, sit your white ass down. That's what the, that's what the new phrase. Yeah. 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 So, you got to stop saying that, too. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you, you said it, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ever hear me say it. You hear everybody else on the on the show say it. I don't say that. Yeah. yeah. That's been my new one. Sit your white ass down. Or, or if, it, you know, I got a whole segment called Fuck Wrong With Him. Now that one that's is good. Really good. That's been really know, good. 
but I'm not I'm not for the cuss words. And we you and I are gonna have to have that talk again about that cussing. Yeah. Cause you tried to yeah. rail it back in 2022 and you said 2023, you ain't gonna do that. No, we'll talk kids. about it. Them <laughs> kids, it's still it's still FTK. Right, oh stop. But, fly equals fly. Yes, fly equals fly. Thank you very much. Um yeah, but this is not, not really um that bad. I just want to know, you know, from the time you spent in the rehab, uh, what new things did you learn and and which ways did it help you stop getting the urge to go back? Um uh, it, it, it's crazy because when I was in rehab, like I said, I was supposed to stay 30 days, and when when they came and picked me up, uh so like the rehab I went to was I mean it was, it was called the Serenity Lodge. It's up in Lake Arrowhead. And, uh, and it was, it was nice, man. I, I would just say it was nice. We were up in the mountains, like we were able to go hiking. Uh, like it was one of those places where like you were like with nature, we were in cabins, like we were in the woods, you know? Um, I don't know if you guys heard of Big Bear, but it's like a popular Big Bear, Lake Arrowhead. Those are like really like vacation spots people go to you know like up in the mountains like to go you know in the snow and stuff especially in california we don't have snow like that so you know people go up there but um but yeah it was a really nice place but but it was it was great because we were like away from the city and um like you know if you walk around you could see bears you know at night like so they had told us that so it was like you had to really be careful about where you went um but yeah, we were we were kind of up in the mountains and it was uh it was good. It was a good getaway, man. It was kind of like a it was a vacation that that I needed. But when I was there, I told myself, I told myself, um, you know, after I saw how much it cost to go there, even though I wasn't paying, I had said, you know, I had, I need to take everything in. Like I really don't want to come back here. And so I was in classes all the time. Like I would get there early, um, and then towards the end, um, you know, I would just follow directions. In the end, like they would, I would help people out. I would help people out in the kitchen as much as possible. I was a snack guy at the uh, at the rehab, so every day in the morning, I would go in the back in the kitchen. I'd bring snacks out. I, I was being a person of service, and that's I just met a whole bunch of people through all walks of life, and and that's when I realized that this addiction thing didn't really have like. I mean, it, it doesn't discriminate. Like anybody could go through it. I was talking to doctors, lawyers, you know, dentists, ev everybody there. And uh, you know what I realized that um, when I was there, I had to just soak everything in and understand like through all walks of life, anybody could deal with it. And then in the classroom, I just paid attention and they went over general concepts. But I mean, for the most part, like the best thing for me was uh, we had classes where they had like, where they would show videos of people like motivating you, uh, personal stories. And those are the things that really drove me. All the concepts and anything, anybody can read that in a book. Uh, but, you know, what they what they told me there, uh, the most thing that I always remember is they said, the first thing they told me was get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And uh, that was something that always stuck with me because it was like, dang, like, like when I go back out, like I'm going to be in some uncomfortable situations um, as far as being around people that are drinking and all these other, all these other things. So, you know, just some of the sayings and stuff that I got from there 
and the motivational speakers. I think I, I got that. Th that's the most I got out of it. Uh, the concepts, uh, you could learn that anywhere. That That's not going to save you. But hearing personal stories and how people recover, that's 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 like that's the ticket. You know, that's that's what you that's what you uh, take from those places. And then, like I said, my experiences in, in being in meetings in 2017, I knew exactly where to go, where, where to go back when I when I finished the rehab. So, um, yeah, it was more about personal stories for me. OK, that's good. That's definitely good. About personal stories and everything, and you know, I mean, you met some cool people. I remember you telling me that, and you um, yeah, you also after your year, then you get a don't you get a token or something after your year? Yeah, so you know, I got a year, and then um, yeah, you get a, you get a token. Uh, you know, you get you get chips. Uh, like every so they do like 30, 60, 90 days, and then and then they go six months, nine months, a year. And the fellowship that I'm in, uh, you get you get one for 18 months. So I'm, I'm gonna have that coming up, uh, April uh -oh. 1st. You know, God willing, one day at a time. Uh, but uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, yeah. You get you get those you get those type of accolades when you have your birthday. Like they celebrate them. Like in my meetings, if you get a cake and everybody celebrates your birthday, it's a bit it's a big deal. Like to me, like my sobriety birthday is more important than my than my my NATO birthday. I mean, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. Like it's neck and neck, but sobriety is, is what's keeping me alive, you know, and this is what, what I had to deal with. And this is my, my lifestyle, you know? Um, so, so that, that is like most important to me because I have my life back now. Like I can, like, I don't have to hide from people anymore. Um, you know, I can, I can help other people. And I think that's probably the biggest thing and the most, that's what I get the most gratitude out of is just helping people um, as much as I can. And, you know, I don't have that much time because I go to people, I go, I go to meetings that people have been sober for 30 plus years. Uh, but you know what they told me? They're like, that don't make any, any of us better than you. Cause at the end of the day, if we both took a piss test, we both would pass it. And I was like, Hmm, I never thought of it that way. But if you think about it, I mean, sobriety is a one day at a time thing, you know, numbers, it, it matters because you, because it, once you accumulate more sobriety time, you know, your life gets better and it's a, it's an automatic pay raise off jump. You know what I mean? So your life gonna get better just off that alone because you're not right. spending money on that stuff, but it's like no. you're thinking. And then, and then if you allow, if you allow yourself to really tap into the work and into the 12 steps and go through it with the sponsor. I mean, it's definitely life changing. You'll find out a lot about yourself um, that, um, that 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 you need to you need to get out you know and and you have to really find out what you suffer from but it, it's an all-in thing you can't do it half-assed you cannot do it half-assed so uh they had told me in in there is just to go to meetings do 90 meetings in 90 days that's what i did uh found a sponsor and then start going through the work and that's exactly what i did and and that's what that's what's kept me sober today that's good okay. Definitely good. I'm definitely proud of you. Proud of your journey. Um, I know Sharon got some stuff that she want to say about it, so I, I'll leave that for her. Uh, yeah, like I said, definitely proud of you and your journey. Uh, I'm happy, you know what I mean? Happy to have you in my life. You know, you helped me advance in this podcast game in more ways than one and uh, telling me different things to do, different people we done met, you know, uh, ways to go about things and um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave it to the chocolate girl now. Let the chocolate girl go ahead and get her questions off the air. All right, Donovan. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your mom. Yeah. You know, I'm a mom. Oh, man. So you know, your mom, she um, she sounds like a warrior to me, and um, she's a real MVP. You know, people ever yeah, since Kevin Durant, ever ever since Kevin Durant said that, when you hear people say it. People think that that person is just being, you know, clicheous or mm -hmm. contrite because Kevin right. Durant said it. Well, no, I, I think you really mean it. So yeah. I want you to take a minute. And I don't want you to get too emotional because I know you can. Yeah. But um, well, I mean, if you can, if you need to be emotional, that's what you need to do. But I want you to tell a little bit about your mom. And how, what role she has played in your sobriety, in your um, continuation with it? Oh, man. Um, you know, like, to me, like, and and I always get teary-eyed because, like, my mom's, like, she's she's always been there. And, you know, even there was times where, like, even through my addiction, like, she never, she kept me at arm's length. Like, she wouldn't mess with me, but, like, I was always there and there was times I tried so many different things. Like, um, you know, I would give her my whole paycheck, you know, and I would tell her like, I'm struggling. And she knew that. And she just did whatever she could to like help me out. But if mm -hmm. I fell off, she wouldn't talk to me, but you know, like she just always kept me at arm's length. And it was like, it was, it was enough to like show me like, Hey, I need to get my shit together. But at the same time, it was like, she wasn't going to completely let her son go. And right. that, that was like a, a major blessing to me because like, if, if they completely disabandoned me, then I, I still would have probably been out there. And, um, you know, her and, and my stepfather, um, you know, like they, they're, they're, they're just awesome people. And they, um, just a support, like, even when I was struggling, like they still were, were there. They, they may not have said much, but, it wasn't like they completely cut me off. And, and I think that was that was the key for me was that they were they were just giving me enough to like, hey, if I messed up, I'm not going to mess with you If not. But my mom would pray like all the time. And and, you know, she tells me all the time now and it brings tears in my eyes because she's like she's like, Donna, I'm so I'm so glad that I don't have to worry about you because she was worrying about me so much. And it, and it was affecting her health, you know, and and that's like one of the biggest like things that I I would never like. Like I can't, uh, it's hard to forgive myself for that because she sacrificed so much and, you know, and this was like, she sacrificed so much as a single parent and it was because my dra my dad was a drug addict and she did so much, you know, just, you know, she worked, you know what I mean? We never, she never reached out for, for like government assistance. Like she just worked and she took care of three kids, you know? And, um, you know, my stepfather came along and when I was like 12 and, you know, he, he helped me, uh, he helped pay for my schooling too, you know? So, and he wasn't even like married to my mom, but I was like his son, you know? And, and that was something that like I took for granted because, you know, it, it's so easy to, when another man comes to your life, you're like, Oh, well, you're not my dad. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. you know how that is. Yes, I do. Um, because there was, there was, there was some resentment from, for me, um, with that whole situation, because like, 
I felt like the the person that should have been there, you know, he let me down as a result of doing drugs. And I never really like thought about it till later. Like that's why I, I didn't really want to open up to him so early. We're really close now. Um, but you know, it was something that, that kind of gave me restraint because I had been let down like that. Like my, my dad, uh, I don't have any, for my biological father, I don't have any good memories at all. Like none, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? None. Like when I was, when I was old enough, like he was so caught up into it. Like I don't have any bad, bad memories. It's like any good memories. All the memories are like bad. Like he's done, he did some stuff that when I really reflected on it and going through the work of the 12 sets of recovery, I had to really like look at that. Um, but, but yeah, um, my mom, I mean, I can't thank her more than enough. She, she stuck with me, you know, she just knew and she knew that I was going to like figure it out, but it was, it wasn't her place to tell me when it was time. You know, I had to, I had to, I had to do it for myself, but she had been telling me to go to rehab for years, but I was too embarrassed. Like, I was like, I now I got to tell my job. You know what I mean? Like, 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 how's that going to go? You know, like, or I'm going to pay bills. Like I was so, I was always like living like, like paycheck to pay, like down to the cents, you know, or I would be in the hole, I would borrow money. And she was still, this is how good she is. She still would let me borrow money from her and I would have to pay her back. You know, um, you know, I pay her back all the time, but it was like, she was like, what is, where's all this money going? You know, I mean, like I said, I still did my little savings through my 401k and my pension everything i still had that but it was like my personal savings like i didn't save anything like it was about getting the next high like it didn't it didn't matter my mom she she tried to help me as, as many ways as possible and, and i and i'm so blessed that she never completely disbanded me during the whole time and and, and that that has been so key for me when i reflect on it because i know <clears throat> i know for a fact i would still be out there if everybody cut me off that's amazing i had a feeling that was your story with her yeah. And she sounds like an amazing, incredible woman. I would love to meet your mom and talk yeah, to your mom is, someday. Uh, yeah, um, for, for sure. Just when she I is. see the pictures, with the pictures of you with her, I'm like, wow, he loves his mom. I can see it all over you. That's yeah. your mom. That's your girl right there. But my sister put in the in the in the comments, we are so proud of this is to you, Donovan. We are so proud of you, your transparency, your faith, resilience, mm-hmm. and trust in God. Keep it up. Keep sharing. Mm-hmm. Your story helps elevate everyone. Thank you for you. I, I How does that make you feel to hear that? I mean, to be quite honest, Sharon, like I've never been like been that type of person that like center of attention. Like I, I like, you know, I like my little moments, but like never, but I but I appreciate that. And I and I really wanted to come on here a lot earlier, but I wanted to like allow myself more more time to kind of to kind of go through go right. through the sobriety this and, is the right time donovan yeah. you are here when you're meant to be here on this day at yeah. this time god doesn't make a mistake you are here on the right day at the right time and you're you're those words are from a person who is just like you sheila doesn't like to be the center of attention yeah. she's not that type of person and that's why she appreciates your transparency so much because that's not something that she easily does herself so I know where this is coming from. Yeah. I know what she's doing, and I understand why it means so much to her. That um, your you yeah, your story, like I said, is powerful. And, and here's something else. <clears throat> here's something else I want to say to you about what you just said about your mom. That not um ever forgiving yourself about what you put 
Don't do that. You, you're going to have to work on that. I want you to work on that forgiveness of yourself. That's yeah. really important for you. And it's going to be key for your sobriety too. I have a feeling yeah. because I mean, I'm not saying that if you don't, you'll fall off. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is forgive yourself because yeah. um, God is forgiving you. And that's the reason why he's working and working this out for you. It had to go that way for so, for a reason. And we cannot lean on our own understanding as to why. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the whole Kobe thing. You and I talk about this all the time. Why did he right. and his daughter, why did they have to go? Why did the other seven people have to go? Right. Why? I mean, why? Why did this have to happen? And I ask that question a lot. Well, we don't know. We're not God. We're, we're people of faith. So we're going to have to forgive ourselves for the things we do and keep going. God wants you to keep going. You have too, you have, you have too much to give to this world, Donovan. Right. You're an amazing person. So keep going. I have this leads me to another question, though. You were talking about your job, having to talk tell your job. Now, this is something that I struggle with because you had to have some fear that they might even fire you. You might lose your job. Yeah. Because sometimes when you confess things or tell reveal things to your employer, if it's not in line with their culture and values, mm-hmm. they will find a way to get rid of you sometime. And so yeah. I'm sure that was on your mind as well in your fears. But how did you muster up the strength and the and the and the um, the strength and the um, courage to actually say to them? what you had to do. Yeah. So um, the good thing for me, um, like I said, I had been in my job for, for 13 years. So like, I was always that guy, like regardless, even in my worst times, like I was showing up to work, but it was more for me, like making sure that I had money to keep doing the activities that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was always there. So like that, that was one thing I had that I was a loyal employee that I was always there. I may have showed in late a couple of times, but I was always there to cover the shifts. I would cover nights. I would cover days. I would cover all these different um, times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right there and in there, like they knew I was dedicated. And then in my department, like I knew everything. So, I mean, I was still learning like, and now, and I'll talk about that later, but, uh, but yeah. So when I went to them, I went to the uh, plant manager at the time. And um, she had been someone I had worked with for eight years. She had she had been my supervisor. And um, mm-hmm. she basically was like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I didn't really hear much of it. But one thing I did when I was there, I was very transparent. I would call them every week and I would tell them, like, hey, this is how I'm doing. This is how long I'm going to be out. I would keep in contact awesome. with them. That's so, great. Uh, so it wasn't like, oh, well, I'm just going to go through the, go through the, uh, you know, FMLA and then, and then not talk mm-hmm. to them. Like I was very transparent. I gave him the car. Like I, uh, I gave, I let them talk to my case manager. They let, like he talked to them and let them know how I was doing. They, I didn't have to do that at all, but no, I wanted to know, mm-hmm. I wanted to let them know that, that I was, that I was, that I was doing well. And that when I came back and what I told him, what I told her, um, is when I came back, like, I was just going to be a better employee. Like, like, yes. I mean, I was, I was doing everything like half-assed for so long, but I had been so, at so long at my job, like I knew everything. So it was just, it was kind of like clockwork for me, but mm-hmm. it, at the same token, it was, it was also a hindrance because like, I was basically, I, I, I 
I didn't go for other jobs because I didn't want to learn nothing new because I was so comfortable in my situation. Um, but, um, but yeah, like they were, I was super transparent with everybody and it was scary when I came back. Like, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to sit there and hide. I'm just going to talk about it. So what is it like? If someone's going to hate on me for improving my life, like then I don't need to be around them. You can hate all you want, but you know, like I was very transparent. I talk about it at the job all the time with, and, and and now, and that's my approach because what are they going to say? Like I went to rehab, like, like half half those motherfuckers need to go to rehab too. Excuse my French, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people that, yeah. I mean, they may hide a little bit more or, but it was just good. Just talking about it. I found out there was a couple people there that had, that had, that had been sober for a long period of time. And, and, and and we talk about certain things now and, and, um, and just to add to that, when I came back, like the company was so great to me. Um, they, I didn't think I was going to get a raise. I got a raise and then now, and then I got a promotion into the job I'm at right now. Uh, so all that happened within a year and it was all about me, you know, coming back to work, being responsible. And my, the biggest thing on me was that I was always late. I was never on time, but I would always do the work, but I, I would stay late, but I would always show up late. And so, but I was always stuck in the warehouse part of where I was at. Cause I was like a supervisor in logistics. So it was like, you're, you're basically back in the warehouse. So you're not like in the main offices. So they didn't really have to see me anyway. So I knew exactly when to come in loaded, when not to like, there was like, I had it all like on the back of my hand, but, but they were super supportive of me. And I've been very transparent with everybody at the job. I I really don't care. The, the recovery is my life. And if you ain't trying to roll with me with that, then so be it. Yeah, I can see. I can see that. And yeah, you were always there. Cause you, yeah. you were always <laughs> being yeah. the zoom. <laughs> job and so we were like man donovan that dude works man he works yeah. hard <laughs> yeah i was uh yeah but unfortunately like i i, I was I, I was i was doing that to pay a bill that i that i shouldn't have been paying you know so right right but uh, you know this is this is a good interview because this leads me to my next question how do you you were talking about if people aren't rolling with you in your sobriety then be gone right Mm-hmm. How do you handle those people who you used to deal with in that life? How do you keep, do you keep them at a distance? Do you cut them off completely? And what do you say when they approach you? Um, okay. So the funny thing is, is the person that I was really close, close to um, at the time, like, you know, when I got the spot I'm in now, like, you know, my credit was really messed up, you know, it was messed up mm-hmm. and they actually, they actually, they actually helped me, helped me get this spot. And they, like I said, like there were some people that weren't bad people, but it was just the activities. And so right. I had to cut them off. You know, I had to cut everybody off. Like, like, I like there's a text every now and then, but then there's some people that I'm not going to text at all. There's some people that were friends of people that were doing that type of stuff that, you know, I, I'll keep them at a distance. But all I do is go to meetings and go to work and go to the gym. Look, I keep it real simple. Um, if I don't, if you know, in my family, and then and then people that I've known that, that I know that truly have my best interest. But it's so easy to, to kind of filter out how you want to treat people when you're completely sober. Like, it, you know, my first thought with me, what I found out with myself, like me being sober, a lot of times my, my first thoughts are, 
is is the right way to go. So if I'm not feeling it from the beginning, then I'm not feeling it, or I'm I'm gonna express it, you know. And before I was so ashamed to like call anybody out on anything, was because like I I had skeletons in my own closet. But now I don't have to hide that, you know what I mean. So I can be truthful with somebody, and if I'm not liking the way things are going, or I, I don't get a good vibe from somebody, I'm like nah, like like I I think about those people all the time, but I mean I'm not gonna hit them up. I mean it's just it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. I've come too far and. Like my life has gotten so much better, and I'm so I just keep the same routine. Good, good, good. Um, also, um, another question: You were talk when you were talking earlier about how you even fell off into the life. You were talking about your progression. Mm -hmm. You were at more house. You did the whole frat thing. Y'all party, party, party. Then you got the job. You're in Hollywood. Party, party, party. Drinks. Then weed. And then all of a sudden, you couldn't stay awake. So then that fell off into the next thing. So I'm going to ask you this weed question because this has been a, a thing that people have said about weed my whole life. And I'm now 50 years old and I'm still hearing it and people are still denying it. But do you consider weed in your life? Was it a gateway drug for you? Was it? Um, was it not? Or would you describe it as something else? I think um, for me, I mean, anything mind altering is, is a gateway for me. So, mm -hmm. um, well, we like, like it, like this, this was like kind of my, my thing. Right. Um, so like, it would always start like this with me. So like I, I would smoke a little weed. Okay. It's legal. Right. You smoke a little weed. Then it's like, okay, you're parched. Right. You want to drink something. So you have a couple beers. But for me, it was always like after every couple like tall cans of beer, then it would it would come into a situation to be like, then my mind started altering. It was like, dang, like I really want something else, you know? And it would always be like I'd be at a sports bar and I would be and I would be drinking. And then all of a sudden by halftime of the game, I'm out and I'm going to somewhere else, you know. Um, and then you're not gonna see me, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for me it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. For me, it was, um, and, and I have no doubt in my mind, and 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 I'll and I'll share this. Like, I know for a fact that I can't do anything. So once 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 that came in my head, where it's like, like you can't do anything. Like everything is cut off. So there's not like, oh, I might be able to have a drink every day. No, like I can't do it. Like, and that mentality has has worked. Like I cannot do it. And, and so, and, and that's how I roll. I don't do anything to put myself in that situation to even have the thought of, 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 of my mind. And that is that like your lifeline then? The decision to say, no, I can't do any of it anymore, period. Yep, exactly. Any right. of it. So, I mean, you find substitutes. Like, I mean, I, I, I like beer. So what I drink now is sparkling water. You know, like like there, there's certain things, there's certain ways you go about it. One thing that 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 I do do that I, I probably uh, um, I probably need to uh, to stop. I started vaping a little bit, like because that was like the thing when we were in rehab. Everybody was on energy drinks and on vapes, and that's one thing that that I, that I started to do a little bit. And I, you know, and that's something that that I, I definitely want to uh, want to cut out. But that was something that 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 I, that I dibble and dabble with. But those the, those vapes are they're like. For your for your heart, like it's not it's not really good, right? 
and, and, and energy drinks too, you know, but, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, those are, those are what everybody, when you go to rehab, everybody's smoking a cigarette or, or, or vaping or, or drinking energy drinks. Like that's, that's <laughs> just, everybody's looking for that or a yeah. bunch of coffee. Like coffee is like key. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm not really a big coffee drinker. So why well, am, but. Yeah. I, you know, I drink energy drinks, but I don't drink them like on a regular. I yeah. don't drink them on a regular. I used to drink them a lot more than I do now, um, but I don't drink them on a regular because I know they're not good for you. But in moderation, they're okay, but it has to be real moderation. Right. It can't be every weekend I'm drinking energy drinks. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and Only the, in case of emergencies. That's what right. it's there for. It's like break the glass and pull it out. Yeah. And um, and that's what I do with that. But um, also, here's, here's my next question. Now that you've been, okay, tell us how many days have you been sober now? Uh, it's been it's been 16 months in uh in 10 days so 16 months and 10 days and so your anniversary date of your yeah. sobriety is october what? first october, october 1st. 1st all right awesome that's a great day awesome i'm gonna put that on my calendar that's gonna be donovan day that's yeah like donovan like honestly like I, I would rather celebrate my my sobriety birthday than than my regular like that's not saying i mean but, but like that, that that changed that changed my life and that day yes. for, forever. Yeah, like, we can do that. October first. Let me write that down. October first. That's the day. And that was in 2022. 2021. 21. I'm sorry. 2021. Mm -hmm. I'm forgetting this is 23 now. 2021. Okay. Um, um, or they're around you saying they're going to have a drink. I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to get me some of this. They're talking about it around you. Does it ever make you feel uncomfortable? See, I need to know because I don't want to I don't want to be around you in the Zoom and we talking about drinking and drugs and stuff and then yeah. all of a sudden you got to have like a moment. I don't want to call be that cause of that for you. So I'm I'm honestly asking how does it does it affect you in any way and if so how does it affect you when people are around you talking about alcohol and drugs and ha 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 and that type of thing? You know, it, it's funny because I kind of laugh about it because everybody knows how I was. So it was like, like, I don't really like I'll talk about it. I'm like, I'm not, I'll just say I'm just not doing it. Like, I'm, I'm so firm in, in the fact that I'm just not going to do it. Like, it doesn't really bother me. Like, I ain't going to lie. Like, Jay Will had that like machine he had with that Keurig. It was like a Keurig and it was like pulling the alcohol out. I was, yeah. like, oh. I was like, dang, man. And that, I was like, that was kind of triggering. I ain't gonna lie. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, Shout out to Jay Will with the gadgets. Yeah, but Jay, yeah, Jay Will, uh, I was like, that That looked pretty pretty amazing. But, uh, but well, yeah, know, like, he's, him he around is people, Willie's bar. He is Willie's bar. Yeah. But, but, but it's crazy because uh, like everybody who I hang around now they're so respectful and, and just shout out to all my, all my friends. Like every time I hang with somebody like Donovan, can I drink around you? I'm like, like, dude, do your thing, man. Like, like I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this for the lifetime. So I'm going to be around situations. Now, am I going to go in a situation like where I don't really need to be? Like there were so many times where I wanted to just go to a bar on Sunday and watch the games, but I'm like, I got, I got a TV here. I got the red zone. I got the game on here. Like there's no point. Like, 
you have to really question yourself in certain situations. Why am I there? You know, if it ain't a family function or whatever, like I'm not going to go, you know I mean? I mean, or I might just pop my head in or, or if there's a situation, it's like at a bar and grill, I'll just sit at the grill. I'll just eat some food, get some water and, and, you know, and, and just call it a day or I just hang out. And I think that's what been really so good about my sponsor is that like, he likes to hang out. He's also a Raider fan too. So, you know, uh, like, like, like he likes to go out and do things, but like, I know he's sober. He's been sober for like 16 years. And, um, and so like, if he wants to hang out, we'll do things as, as a group and we'll, you know, people from the meetings will hang out, you know, and we'll go places. So, so it's not like, it's not the end of the world, but like, I'm just not going to put myself in situations to like, that I don't need to be in, you know, so. Message from Ethan Tweedy. He says, I'm proud of you, Donovan. Yeah, I appreciate that, Ethan. Yeah, shout out to Ethan. Thanks for watching. Thanks for commenting today, uh, Ethan. Um, this is going to be, I, this may be my last question. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll turn it back over to Dennis. But I tell you what, sometimes I'm known to ask another one. So be aware, be, be aware of that. But mm-hmm. um, you were talking about being an, an addict and how you were able to still go to work and do all those wonderful things and people didn't know you didn't fall off. But talk about um, the need to want to change for yourself. Because I'm sure other people who knew the truth had said something to you. Oh, Donovan, I wish you would. I'm praying for you, bro. Why don't you? These type of words. And I'm sure, but it took you deciding. That day you couldn't call your mom for your brother. I know that tore you that tore you up. You you told me, you mentioned it to me. Yeah. When you told me about what was real, really real, you told me that story. And I could feel it through the chat. We weren't even talking live. Yeah. I can feel it just through through the typing of the words. Mm-hmm. And I imagine how I would feel if that were me and my mom. And um, so talk about the decision, how you had to be the one, no matter how much even your mom wanted it, who you love more than anybody in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, r- really it just gets to the point where you get tired. Like there was situations to where like I was doing a lot during COVID. So like, it was crazy. Cause you have a mask and it will cover up. It would cover up your nose and everything. Mm-hmm. So like it, it wasn't visible. It wasn't visible to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was times where like, like you constantly get like runny noses. Like it's just, it, it's a, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get tired of that. And, and then, that's like physical stuff, but like mentally, like you're always overthinking and you're just thinking the worst in every situation. Like with me going through this, it, it was a mental and excuse my French, it was a mental, a mental mind fuck. Like it, I was constantly making the wrong decision and I knew it was the right, what the right decision was. But every time I started going off into when I started using, like my decision-making was horrible. Like I would always make horrible decisions. I'd be forgetful. I would leave things, responsibilities. And after going through that for years, and it's just a constant ups and downs, ups and downs, and you know what the problem is, and it's like you're just waiting for, like, that one moment for God to just be like, like, you got to stop or to show you something. But, you know, it got to the point where I started having problems with my my heart, too. Like, I would get, like, a lot of heartburn, and it was because all that stuff, you know, 
like doing uppers and stuff all the time. Like it was, I mean, my heart was constantly beating all the time. So it was that too. And then it was finances. It was, it was a bunch of stuff and it all, after a while, just all kind of just crumbled all together. And it was like, it was a big ball of stress that I couldn't take anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think God just wanted to, I guess he revealed it to me like that. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. You know, now they have people, you know, putting fentanyl on everything and, and people are dying, you know, that could have been me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So that was something to think about. And when I went to rehab, I didn't even know fentanyl was like that, but everybody was telling me how bad it was. And I had a friend that was in rehab. He was like a little brother to me there. He was on fentanyl and he he passed away like right on Christmas Eve of, of 2021. He was like a three, about two months out of, out of rehab or probably less than that. And, um, and I was a, a friend of mine and I gave him my Raider hat when I was there. If you know, how I give somebody some Raider shit, like they mean something to me. Yes, sir. And, yeah, <laughs> yes, so, sir. Uh, so yeah, man. Um, you know, his name was Parker, man. May he rest in peace. He was a really, really good dude. Yeah, and he was trying to, to and he was trying to, he was trying to be in rehab to, 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 cause he had a kid coming on the way. So he never, he never got to see his, his, uh, his kid born. Oh, and he, he yeah, he was, he was only 21 years old and he, um, and he was fine for two months and he just went on one last run. But with some of those drugs, like if you start, if you go back to it, like your body can't take it because you've been away from it so long. So, right. So that's, that is a person that, that I think about all the time. Um, because he, he, I mean, taught me a lot about myself and that was the one thing in rehab. It was just the relationships I, I met we were, it was just a bunch of us talking and, and everybody was sharing their stories and their backgrounds. And I was talking to, to lawyers, doctors, dentists. And, you know, then you had people that were there because their mom made them come to rehab and, and they were on their mom's insurance. So they were in and out of rehab, like all different people from walks of life. And I think it just kind of, you know, let me know that it's it's real. And it's like, no matter from what walks of life you're, you're in, like it, it doesn't discriminate from anybody. And, um, mm-hmm. and it's something that, um, that 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 those memories in that rehab um they i'll never forget the the people that i met some of those people aren't around and that's just extra that's another reminder that i need to keep keep up with this because you never know you know if you go back out there you may not come back you're right you're absolutely correct and i um dennis if you're there you can come back in uh dennis but i'm here i'm here i'm here i'm here Talk about your faith just one final time and what your faith does for you in this journey in your triumph. What is your faith? How, what role does that faith play for you? Um, you know, um, just going through the 12 steps of recovery. Um, if you read it, um, I mean, you you have to reach out to, to your higher power. And like I said, it's a spiritual program, not religious, but the majority of the people that go through the 12 steps, I mean, God is their higher power. Uh, but, but yeah, just, just trusting in him. Like, like I know I couldn't have done this without him. And, um, you know, I was never really the most religious person. I mean, you, you know, you'd always pray to God for like when you needed something, right? Like that was, that was me. It was like, dang, like, like God, please help me find this or God, please, you know, and you never really realize it, but like, you know, you think about all the stuff I was going through, and this is what really caught my faith is that like God even had my back th- 
through the addiction. Like I could have easily went to jail. I could have, I could have OD'd. You know, I could have got caught up with something in, in, in the wrong place at the wrong time. You never know. But like when you look and you reflect on all the stuff that you went through through your addiction, yeah, there was some ups and downs, and there there was a reason why you're using. But at the end of the day, I realized like God had my back through then. And and you know, it that right there to just think about and be and be grateful for some of the stuff I have. Like I was able to maintain a job. Most people can't do that when they're when they're going through addiction. You know, I was still able to pay bills, like I didn't go to jail. And I'll say that again, I didn't go to jail. You know what I mean? Like, like that's yes. Because once you get caught in that system, you never know, you know? So yeah. when I realized like how God had my back through the addiction and he protected me and everything that was supposed to happen, like did that kept my mom and, and my family at arm's length. Uh, it, it just, everything, you know, it, it was truly a blessing that he had my back and, and that just grew my faith even more. Um, and, and I know that he's got my back and I trust in him, you know, that's good. That's definitely good. Okay, my last yeah. question, Dennis, I promise. Oh, I thought you was done. What the I, this is my I last question. Donovan, give a shout out to your mom. If your mom was watching, what would you want to say to her right now? Who would you say? Um, I just I just want to thank her just for all the sacrifices she's made and um, and just thankful for her just just being at arm just being there even through my addiction. Um, I'm it's just truly a blessing and I'm just thankful to have her in my life. And I just thank her for, for praying for me. Cause she, she would, she will pray. She's, she prays. She's a prayer. She, she will pray every single day. And I know she was, and then she would go to her prayer group and they were, they were saying prayers to me yeah. during the whole time. And I just, I just, just thank you. Thank you for not giving up on me and, and just for being there, you know, through the addiction. I greatly appreciate it. And not only that, but but my stepfather too, uh, Patrick. Uh, you know, I, I I love you, and you know, I I just I really I really thank you guys for for being supportive to me. Just and you know, I can never um, I can't thank I can't thank him enough. That's awesome. Okay, Dennis, I'm sorry. Now, now that you got all you know the hard stuff out the way, uh, let's bring some fun into this thing. See, see how we got together, ladies and gentlemen, is through sports. So. That's the you know let's let's talk about these trades because you hit me up about these trades and you know you were kind of upset and you know let's let's start to talk about them let's 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 go one at a time so let's let's go with uh Russell Westbrook leaving your Los Angeles Lakers y'all didn't know they are Laker fanatics both of them we are yeah so you want to start sharing or, or no I want you to start okay so. My thing is, and everybody's saying that Russ was a problem, but he wasn't the problem. <laughs> like the problem was, was that AD kept getting hurt. Like if AD was healthy for those 20 games, I guarantee you we wouldn't even be in that position. AD has not been healthy and everybody's just so, everybody knows it, but they're like, they're not making that the sole reason, but that's the sole reason. So AD, his health is going to take the Lakers where they're going to be. I thought Russ was great off the bench. Was he a little high priced? Yes. He was high priced, but you know, I mean, he, it was an expiring contract. His contract was up, so like you could have got somebody in the off season and roll with it. I thought the chemistry was good, but now you trade Russ, you get all these new pieces, 
And now you got to make sure all that meshes. And by the way, look what we're understanding. We're 25 and 31. Like, come on, man. Like, like you're going to have to mesh all that together and then, and then start winning. And you only have like 20, 25, 30 games left. Like, come on. Like, that's just not reasonable. And then you're, you're already, you're, you're two and a half games out of the, out of the, out of the plan or whatever. Like it, it's going to be a tough road. And, and, you know, if you look at the standards, Dennis, and just, I'll add this to the end, but like, everybody's like hovering around 500. Like there's not a lot of separation in the, in the West. So no. you're playing a tough, not a tough team every night. So I, I still don't think they make the playoffs to be quite honest. I'd be very surprised if they do. I think four through eight in the West, I think it's tight, very tight. Four through eight. Yeah. I can't right now. I don't have it next to me, but four through eight. Last time I looked at it, it's very tight. It's, it's like a, a good four games and you could go from four to eight. Yeah. So it's very tight. Um, and Utah's in that mix. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, well, that's I, I, I agree with you, Donovan. I feel the exact same way that you do. <clears throat> I feel like this uh, blame rust train from last season just carried over into this season. And I don't feel like he was the problem last season either. Now, when I make this statement, what I often am in, um, is told is, well, who was responsible for all his missed shots and his turnovers then? I said, and I would say, no, he was responsible for that. But when you try to take a round screw and put it in a square hole, you're not going to get good results. Russell Westbrook has to be allowed to play his position, his natural position, and what he naturally knows how to do. When you stunt that, because you want him to acquiesce to LeBron, that's this is what you get. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is why people do not see that. It's happened everywhere LeBron goes. Someone has to acquiesce, their game falls off. Usually it's the third of the big three that falls off the most. I don't understand how people can't see that this is different. This is not Russell Westbrook being terrible. You're talking about a a walking triple-double everywhere he's gone, even at Houston and at the Wizards. So what are you talking about here? So I'm just – I just – I don't understand. The whole thing is a mess. And I'm hoping that Russell lands somewhere where he can be Russell. Okay. Um. I like him in Utah, minus the fans, minus the fans. I like him in Utah playing basketball, uh, minus the fans. But nah. And I think it's actually a good opportunity. That's how I feel. But the fact that the fans are so, like, as, you know, may not work out. But he's still there. He hasn't been bought out yet. So, obviously, they wanted to work. That's how I see it. I mean, I guess Dwayne Wade must have talked him into it. I think that's half the reason why they got him there. He could yeah. be. He could yeah. be. Possibly. That's that's how I feel. Now the, the next trade is uh Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns. Um with that, I mean I, I at that point, I mean if I'm KD, like I can't really knock him wanting to go. Um, I mean, I think the ownership there is just is horrible. I mean, 
like think about all the stuff like 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 Kyrie like I like Kyrie as a player but the last two instances with him with the whole COVID thing and then this whole this whole thing um with him posting that video like and then the way they handled it it was horrible like like I mean if I'm Kyrie like I don't want to I don't want to play there but at the same time like I know how Kevin Kyrie Durant, is. Kevin Durant. We ain't get the Kyrie oh, is. Kevin Durant? Durant. Oh, okay, but I, okay, I'm, I'm just kind of leading up to the Kevin Durant. But so Kyrie left, right? So now Kevin Durant, like, why am I going to stay around there? And I'm uncertain. The way the the way that they manage things have not been up to par. So like, I want out. It's like I want out. Like it, it it was never Kevin Durant the whole time. So so I think Kevin Durant. It was good that they left, and I'm glad that the the Nets got some good pieces back. I mean, they're still going to be maybe a playoff team, a play-in team, or a playoff team. They they up and enough high enough in the standings to make the playoff. They got some good pieces. I like Bridges and Cam Johnson, and then they got Dinwiddie. Like they got they got some good pieces there. You know, I like just, Cam. I like Cam Thompson. Yeah, I like him a lot. But I can't. I cannot. I can't knock Phoenix for trying to go all in for Chris Paul. You know, he he probably won a chip. So you know, I mean, it is what it is. I still don't. I, I don't believe they're going to get one. But. Well, here's how I feel about it. KD told them, look, <clears throat> you didn't trade me before when I demanded a trade. But if you trade Kyrie, you're going to have to trade me too. I'm not playing for you without Kyrie. That's what he did. And that's why when I, the announcement came out that they were trading Kyrie, I immediately said, okay, within 24 hours, they're going to trade Kevin Durant too. You watch what I tell you. And um, that's one. Two, selecting Phoenix was brilliant on Kevin Durant's part. Because if you look at just basketball, I'm not talking about the front office ownership, none of that other stuff. Just look at basketball. That's the perfect place for him to be on that team. And Kevin Durant is such he is just such a freak on the court. He could easily be considered the best in the game right now. Easily if people would get out their feelings. He really is. And a walking bucket. He's upped his defensive game. Stop saying that he doesn't pay in play any defense. That's not true. He does play defense now. I'm not saying that he's a shutdown defender. He ain't Bruce Bowen or nobody, but he can he can defend and he does defend. If we can just if they could just keep him healthy, which I don't believe he's as an unhealthy as he's saying, because he's just sick of New Jersey. I mean Brooklyn. And um I think that's a good move. Him there with the pieces they have in place, he fits right in. And I don't think it's gonna take long for him to have to mesh with them because KD can play anywhere. He can hoop. He's unselfish. He doesn't demand the ball. You just automatically want him to have the ball because right. you know he's a walking bucket. So the first thing, what's the coach's name? Is his name Monty somebody? Monty Williams. Yeah, yeah. Monty Williams. So the first thing Monty is when he knew he's coming, first thing he did was get busy with his staff on the scheme. Okay, this is how we're going to run this because the offense is going through KD, period. Now, they're going to have to have some conversations with Chris Paul because you know he's a cancer and an arrogant dude and want all to shine. 
we'll just have to see if he wants to shine more than he wants a ring still or not. So I'm still not saying that they're going to win it all because Chris Paul is on the team and you just can't win with him. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. But maybe eventually, maybe Kyrie will come to Phoenix. Maybe they'll get rid of Chris and have Kyrie there with Kevin. I feel Kevin D and Kevin, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together. It's hard to beat them when they play. They play very well together. So, I thought it was a great move. I just can't stand Phoenix, and I can't stand Chris Paul. Y'all know that's how I feel. But the well, move, Phoenix about to get Phoenix about to get a new ownership, huh? Phoenix about to get new ownership. I know that. I thought they well, did already. Wait, wait, they did. It's the yeah. new ownership that drafted yeah. him. Y'all didn't yeah. hear about that? The NBA expedited, as in pushed through, the takeover of the new owner. So that the owner can actually be in place in time before the deadline so he can actually make this move and make this trade. Yes. And that's verified by the NBA. This is not Sharon making it up. That's what the NBA has verified. They did do that. Okay. No, Ethan, I'm not getting the Suns hate out of my heart. I, I don't like the Suns. I don't like Mavericks. I don't like the Rockets. There's certain teams I just don't like. The Celtics, never going to like them. It's just the way it is. I, I understand the Celtics. I heard the Suns. I don't know the Dallas Mavericks story. I don't know that. They're in Texas. Only like one team in Texas. One team. One. And that's the Cowboys. It's the only team in Texas I like. Everything else about – there's nothing in Texas I like. Nothing. Well, besides that hockey jersey you got. Well, the Dallas Stars, you know. It was about the jersey. It wasn't because it was Dallas, really. And that that jersey was given to me. I didn't pick that out. <laughs> uh, okay, so now let's talk about Kyrie. Since y'all brought him up, Kyrie was traded um, to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, like I said, I, I don't blame him for wanting to leave, but I just wouldn't. I I don't want. I wouldn't want him on my team. It just hasn't ended well for him. I think you know, um, Kyrie, like he. Like he's a great he's a great player, but it's always been because of injury or something just doesn't go right for him in these situations. And you know, like he took a sabbatical one time, like, and I don't knock him for it, but it's just it's just a risk you have to take w- with acquiring that much talent. And so, like, I think it's good for for Dallas for the short term. Kyrie, the 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 first six seven months is always great with Kyrie when it first starts. And then it just something happens weird or something controversial, and I don't know how I, long it, it'll it'll last. But I mean, I think, I, I think short term it's good, it's great. I think him and AD got the same thing going. They cool. Was AD for about three weeks this year was looking like the best player in the league for about three weeks, and yeah. then he got injured, and, and that was it. Kyrie, he looked like he the best player in the league. And the next thing you know, for some reason, he ain't playing. So that's how I feel on that. Well, I'm a Kyrie Irving fan. Been since he was at Duke. Um, I felt like he got a raw deal in Cleveland. And that it messed him up by the time he got to Boston. 
Then he, he went to Brooklyn. Huh? You did say that before. Yeah, I, I've been very consistent. I love Kyrie Irving. I feel like he is the most talented points point guard as far as handles in the league right now. I don't believe anybody's handles beat Kyrie Irving. He's the closest to AI and Isaiah Thomas with handles I've ever seen, in my opinion. And um, you know how much I can't stand Isaiah, but I still have him as the number two point guard of all time. So that being said, I feel like Kyrie has brought a lot of this hate on himself. It wasn't about him taking a sabbatical, Donovan. It's the reason why he took it that people have issue with. Sabbatical is cool if you need it. But if you're taking a sabbatical because they did an insurrection at the Capitol, what does that have to do with you playing basketball? I agree with with that. I don't know how it affected him. It affects people differently. Yes, I know all that. And I'm an emotional person and things affect me too, differently than other people. But this is basketball. He's getting paid quadruple Google millions of dollars to show up, put the fans in the seats and they want to see him play. He has a job to do. He's not working at a, an insurance company like I'm doing, doing customer service or whatever I do. He ain't me and I ain't him. So you can't compare that. So he's brought a lot of this on himself, leaving KD hanging. You convince KD to come, leave Golden State and come there and play with you. And then when this whole vaccine comes up, you want to make it about the vaccine. And it's not about the vaccine. It's not about my opinion on whether or not you should take it. It's your brother that you leave and hanging out here. So you got a decision to make. So I felt like that was that was a poor decision making. I didn't like what he did in the bubble when he was trying to convince people not to go to the bubble and not play and all that. I didn't like that. I thought that was the wrong way to be. And it was not showing good leadership. You can have your opinion, but you got to think about other people besides yourself. You got to think about the league and the game and the fans and everybody, not just yourself. So for that reason, those are the things that I have against Kyrie, but I am a huge Kyrie Irving fan. So I want to get that. I'm saying all that because I don't want, people to think my opinion is biased in any way it's not but that being said i'm glad he got out of out of brooklyn because i felt the brooklyn ownership and the way they handled Kyrie with that whole jewish thing was wrong and i do feel like they disrespected him and i'm glad he asked for a trade now going to dallas this is basketball we talking going to dallas is weird to me when you're looking at how the team is constructed, I'm not very sure how that Kyrie Luca thing is going to go. Luca sounding all positive. Well, Luca's going to sound that way in the beginning. But Luca's got a little arrogance about him, too. And I just, I'm just going to be watching that carefully. I don't know how it's going to pan out. The saving grace for Dallas is its owner, though. That's, what some, that's something nobody is talking about. Who owns the Dallas Mavericks? And that dude, is a, that dude is a special dude. Yeah. he He's not your typical billionaire. Right. He's really not. And I believe, well, he's he's hands-on about the players anyway. 
Right. Can't That's speak true. about all that mess that was going on in the in the office, but with the players in the court <laughs> in the locker room, he is in there, and I can see him having possibly having a better and more positive effect on Kyrie because of the way he is as a person. That's the only upside to it to me. And again, I don't like the Mavericks, so I'm not wishing them all kinds of success as a team. But I'm hoping that Kyrie balls the hell out. People leave his ass alone. Leave him alone. That's where I'm at. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm actually very interested in watching him and Luca balling together. Really want to see what they're going to do in this playoff series. That's what I'm really waiting to see. These, these playoffs, you know, it's going to give us a taste of what's going on. But next season, if both of these guys stay on the team, then we'll get a real get get a real feel. Get a real feel for that. Um, is there any other NBA things that you want to talk about there, Donald? No, I mean, I, I mean, I pretty much, I'm pretty much touched on everything. I just, um, I feel like the Lakers did a like they improved the team, but I mean, I just think it's too late in the season for them to recover and catch up in the standings. Like maybe they make the plan, but I mean, I, I, it's, it's tough. It's tough to just forecast. I hope they do well, but I just feel like the amount of games left and where they are in the standings, it's, it's a, it's a really tall order. And um, one thing I can say sobriety has taught me, is that I'm real realistic about stuff, and it don't look too good, man. So we'll see how it pans out. I think I think they'll be good, be good uh, next year if they keep everybody intact. But we'll see. Okay. Um, Super Bowls tomorrow. Who you got? Oh man, I mean, come on, Dennis. You know, um, uh, I, I told you this story, man. The person that's uh, kind of kind of kind of raised me a little bit you know and i grew up around a big time eagles fan uh so um i mean you talk about a fan like like that dude's a a a eagles fan man he will chant the the eagles the eagles chant like anywhere in la like he does not care (laughs) so uh one thing i can say about eagles fans is that y'all are I mean, y'all are loyal and uh y'all loyal to the soil man y'all 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 ride or die um, and the people that I know from Philly, every person I know from Philly, like, it's like, they don't care. They may not like sports, but they like the Eagles. Like the Eagles are the Eagles. Like it don't matter. Like they may not, one may not like basketball. One may not like baseball, but they all going for the Eagles. And, and that, that's a one, that's a United thing with all Philadelphians. So, um, yeah, I find that too. Mm-hmm. yeah, so, um, definitely going with the Eagles. I mean, I think. Um, you know, and I can't go with the Chiefs because they're they're AFC West opponent. And like I told you, I got disrespect. They they disrespected the Raiders doing that ring around the rosy play, and and I'm cool on them for that. So I like Mahomes, but uh, I hope I hope uh, hope you get that big old L tomorrow. Okay. Hey, chocolate girl. Um, hmm. this is this is difficult for me, Dennis. This is really really hard. I was never, never an Eagles fan, never a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Mad at the Chiefs ever since um, San Francisco traded Joe Montana there. I hated it then. I don't know why I took that out against the Chiefs, though, because it was San Francisco that traded them. But for some reason, I didn't like the Chiefs ever since then. But anyway, 
I ain't gonna talk about not, San Francisco. Not a big, not a big fan of either team. I do like Andy Reid. I like Sirianni. Love Patrick Mahomes. Love Jalen Hurts. I'm really at a crossroads. But if I have to predict who's gonna win, I'm thinking it's the Eagles only because of that defense. I think they have an edge over Kansas City with their defense. Patrick Mahomes is known to play through injury, and both quarterbacks have a degree of injury that they're trying to overcome. So that negates both sides. So take that away, take that away. So I'm like, I got to balance it out and try to think who has one advantage, and the Eagles have a better defense. So defense wins championships. The other day I said it was going to be Kansas City. See, this is how much I keep going back and forth. But closer you get to the Super Bowl, you get more information. So I'm getting more reports out on who's playing and who's not, who's feeling this way, who's feeling that way. So I'm kind of leaning now that the Eagles will win. It's, I think it's going to be close. It's going to be it's going to be a back and forth. It's going to be a hard-fought game. I don't think anybody's going to run away with anything. But I believe the Eagles is going to pull it off. Did you want to score or do you just want me to say who? If you got a score, you can score. I don't really have a score. I don't. I don't know. I'm still undecided. I got till tomorrow at what six o'clock <laughs> to decide. But uh, yeah, I think I'm actually gonna watch the whole Super Bowl this time because yes, I am intrigued. You got two black quarterbacks for the first time in the Super Bowl. I love that. And then you got then you got Rihanna at halftime too. So. And uh, I hope she says something to Stephen A. I hope she calls him out from the stage and say something like, this is for you, Stephen A. <laughs> because he had made that comment about she ain't Beyonce. But I don't yeah, think, they, I, don't think I understood really why he did it. Yeah, I don't think he really meant it as shade. Because I'm a bigger Beyonce fan too. If I got to pick between Beyonce and Rihanna, I'm picking Beyonce all day, twice on Sunday. That's me. But he's Stephen A. Don't nobody give a damn with sharing things. He's Stephen right. A. Smith. You got to be careful saying that from your seat, man. That's what I wanted to tell him. Yeah. And speaking as a PR person, I would have told him, "What's wrong with you? You don't say shit like that. I don't care if it is right. how you feel." Right, right. No, no, it, it wasn't that. Uh, Sherry Shepard. This is on Sherry Shepard show. Shout out to Sherry. I love that Sherry Shepard. Shout out to Sherry Shepard if she's listening. But when he said he was backstage with her and she was like, Oh, now that you're here, we gotta have some type of debate show. So the debate was supposed to be, you know, about the Rihanna, and he said, Well, he was gonna go with Beyonce. So that's why it came up like that. Got it. Yeah, but he did say, Well, she ain't no Beyonce. He did say right. that. It came out of his own mouth. Right. And even though it was, he didn't, he it was didn't supposed to go it. back and forth as a debate. Yeah. Well, even though he did not mean it in any shade, you know, in this age of social media and clips, people are going to clip him just saying that with no explanation right. and say he did, he threw shade at Rihanna. You know, people are going to say that. So you got to be mindful of that when you're speaking. That's all from a PR standpoint. So shout out to anybody that's watching. If you need a good publicist or PR specialist in your team, contact the chocolate writer. 
You can just go to the chocolatewriter.com. That's my website. Fill out the contact page because I got you. Because I'm telling you, there's some there's some famous people out here. I wish I was their PR person. I by the time I'm finished, everybody would love them. But they just don't listen to me. They gotta listen to me. Do what I tell them. You, you need a uh, you need a uh, shout out to BJ. You need to you need to uh, take over uh Lamar Jackson's contract negotiations too. Yeah, uh, you know maybe I'll send him a letter because you know Mama Jackson she she cool but she ain't she ain't doing this right. BJ says nobody cares what I think. That's true, and that's the reason why they're suffering right now, <laughs> including the Sam Sports Network. That's why y'all suffer. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> so anyway, shout out to JC Day. Of the extra point, what's up, Brian Sanders? What's up, Cowboys fan? Yeah. JC is a fellow Steelers fan. You know what? Um, Let me wave my terrible towel. We're not in the Super Bowl, but shit, I'm waving my towel. You talking about some loyalty, Philadelphia fans? Shit, you ain't no more loyal than the Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So just thought I'd get that out. That's cool. You deserve Steelers for life. Still is for life. Um, yeah. <laughs> you don't even know what to say after that, do you? What's, what's up, BJ? Why you bring him oh, in hey, here? Hey, wow. hey, 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 Donovan. First Why of all, you Donovan, bring just, him in I've here? I've been watching the whole show, Donovan. say bring his ass in here back. with his raving self? And no. I, was, I was sitting back, Donovan, no, and I was really I'm proud of you. No, I'm not going to let him that. talk. No. Oh, I know you're not. I know you're not because you said the Sand Sports Network is struggling. I'm trying to figure out how to how to how to. Oh, you, you mean to tell me you got on here to chastise me for that because you no, no, I was no. Serious. I was trying to figure out exactly what you meant before I commented. You, you, That's you what I was think trying I'm to figure serious? Out. You really uh, no, think no, I'm no, serious? No, 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 no. I'm trying to. No, I'm trying to figure out exactly what you meant. I was just trying to figure out exactly what you meant. Why and you I was sitting there. I was sitting in the. I was playing. Nah, 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 this ain't your show. It's y'all show. God damn it. I've been in the yeah, background watching the whole the whole goddamn time. I leave out the goddamn house. Hey, and Ethan, you know what? what I'm kind of rooting for the juju myself, but I don't like the shots he's been taking at the Steelers lately. So, no. I'm cool on juju right now. Yeah. Uh, so, who Super winning, Bowl. Dennis? What's the score going to be, Dennis? 38-20. Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I'm going with uh, Devontae Smith against Super Bowl MVP. Hey, I said the same thing. You, you, you're, so we on the same page on that. You know how much yeah, I, I love Devontae Smith. I love yeah. it. Yeah, he's a he's – that, he, yeah. that way he could be the uh, second player in NFL history to win the Heisman, National Championship, Super Bowl, and Super Bowl MVP. You know he's he was voted the best dressed player in the NFL. Awesome. Yeah, he was best dressed. They voted mm -hmm. him best dressed. Donovan, do you know who the first player to do that was? What? Um, uh, when the Mark Heisman? Allen? Mark Marcus Allen. Mm -hmm. Good one. Good one. Ah. 
I didn't think oh, you knew. God, I just saw this. Excuse me, I just saw this last night. Who is it? it was Marcus Allen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, Marcus Allen. Uh, but listen, y'all got any final words? Who is the second person? The second one will be Devontae Smith. No, I thought it was the second. He would be the third. No, it was only one. Oh, okay. Well, my final, my well, Donovan, go ahead with your final, your final thoughts first. Um, not, I mean, honestly, I, I, I appreciate y'all having me on, and and um, I'm just very thankful for um, just meeting everybody that I've kind of met along the journey. You guys all talk about how I plugged everybody together, but I mean, even through like times that that I was struggling, like just being able to like talk to some of you guys some days, it it prevented me some days from using, you know, and y'all didn't really realize that, but, but it, but it did, you know, sometimes just being on a zoom with you guys, like, especially during the COVID time, when I was, when I was at the height of my, my, um, my addiction, um, that was like, I mean, yeah, I really thank y'all for, for being there and just being understanding. And, you know, like I said, before I left, like I actually gave y'all, like I, I wrote, remember what I posted into the little group chat that I was going away. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, I mean, I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that if, if I didn't realize, you know, if, if I didn't know that like you guys have my back and you guys have always had my back. So um, I appreciate you guys for that. I appreciate for you guys having me on. Um, you know, if anybody you guys know, be quite honest, that, that is going through addiction or or that are having like doubts about it or or need help, uh, just please send them my way. I mean, I'm you know, whatever I could do as far as resources or whatever. You know, I'll, I'll do everything in my power to help somebody because because I've been getting help and I've been reaching out to people and you know I definitely want to just give back. But I think I think you guys for having me on and I, I appreciate everybody that, that I've done podcasts with because y'all y'all don't realize y'all were a big help when I was when I was going through it and uh, you know I'm, I'm blessed to have you guys in my life. Amen. Okay. Uh, well, Amen. When I, when, I, when I say we had the plug on today, man. There's in more ways than one. I'm talking about he helped me out with T-shirts, you know what I mean, business cards, as you can see. You know what I mean? I still got some. This this guy really helped me elevate my game in other levels. So I really appreciate and, and cherish, you know, the brotherhood that I have with Donovan Samuels. So I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're going through, you know, great things now. And ended that bad time in your life. And I wish you nothing but great times. And uh, you know what I mean? Always appreciate your phone calls and text messages. May not always get back because I might be doing some great shit. But I appreciate all of them. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, you do not answer your phone. You're better off hitting contact and Dennis on Messenger. Anybody oh, out there want to contact Dennis on, go on Facebook Messenger. True. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> all right. So here's here's my final thoughts. My final thoughts is, number one, I'm very grateful to know you. I'm honored to know you. I love you like my brother's son. I I call you both (laughs) because you're young enough to be my son. But I love you like a brother. I'm very proud of you. I'm just so, so elated for you. And more importantly, your mom and your and your siblings. I because I, I know they look at you and they're just so relieved and so happy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, as a as, and that's why I keep mentioning your mom because I'm speaking as a mom and I know what that can mean. So thank you so much. 
for your desire to be here to share your story and be trans- transparent and to share it on our show uh, is a great honor. Um, thank you, uh, Dennis, for getting with him and arranging this. Uh, thanks to everyone in the comments who commented and watched the show today. And Donovan, I, I wish you, you know, I wish you all the best of everything that there is to be, whatever that is. And I am going to say to the to those watching, if you do have you or anyone you know has any issue with any type of addiction, drug, alcohol, there's a National Drug and Alcohol Treatment Hotline at 1-800-662-HELP, which is 1-800-662-4357. So that's 1-800-662-HELP if you need someone to call it. Donovan has offered, you can always hit up. He's on, on Facebook. He is Maurice Samuels. Yeah. Donovan, Maurice Samuels. Big Mo, Big Mo, they call me. Yeah, Big Mo. Yeah, because they used to call you Modelo. Yeah. It's now Perrier Don. Perrier Don now. It used to be Modelo. Now it's Perrier. I still call him Big Reese. Yeah, I went. I went. I went from Mexican to French. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pettier. So, my my final my final thought is: be grateful for every day you wake up feeling well, clothed, and in your right mind, folks. Life is hard out here. Life is hard. So just be grateful. Uh, show gratitude. It, it can save your life. So back to you, Dennis. Yes. God bless you.